I talked to pastor one time and I said, you know what's so difficult about some of the books of the Bible is pronouncing the names. And I said, I've looked at them, I've listened to them, and I've broke them down. I have one Bible at home, it's got them all broke down in the back of the book. They don't do that no more. But I keep it, it's all tattered and worn, but I keep it because just for that reason. But they don't break it down. You know, even the Bibles at one time were written that they were broke down. You know, all the punctuations there, the spaces, the how to pronounce was all there in that word. And now you don't do that anymore. So it's kind of a little more difficult. But in Isaiah chapter 7, I'm just going to read the first verse because we're going to cover the first 16 verses here this morning. And it came to pass in the days of Ahaz, the son of Jotham, the son of Uzziah, king of Judah, that reason, risen, the king of Syria, and Pekah, the son of Remaliah, king of Israel, went up to, or up toward Jerusalem to war against it, but could not prevail against it. Now, the title of the message this morning is Judah will be delivered from her enemies. Judah will be delivered from her enemies. When I got to thinking about all that's going on in Israel and that, and again, I'll point your, you know, your thinking. I got a thing. I, I get this thing, the voter guide from uh, for the state of Ohio. And tell, you know, it breaks a lot of it down, tells you what the issues are and things like that, when voting day is and so on and so forth. But they sent a thing on to help us understand what's happening in Israel. And if you read it, you get a good understanding there about it. And I got it posted on the board back there. But with everything going on, we have to understand. Uh, and I don't like this term Judeo-Christian. Judeo-Christianity. The Jews aren't Christians. Okay? Now, you may like that term and you may say, well, yeah, but they're God's people. They're God's people, but they're not Christians. See, the thing is that God still is not happy with Israel. Even though we're to pray for Jerusalem, even though we're to pray for Israel, they are God's people. He's married to them, and that won't ever change, even though some are preaching today that God's done with Israel. He's not done with Israel, and he will save them in the end. But here's their problem. And it always has been their problem. Even Christ made it statement. I came unto my own and my own received me not. They will not believe that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. As long as they believe that, they'll never have peace. They will never have peace. So get that Judeo-Christianity out of your head. It's Christians. It's not Jews and Christians. Now there are some Christian Jews, but not you can't put in there that we or Jews are equal with Christians because they're not, because they do not believe in Jesus Christ. And I really get uh, perturbed at that thinking. And uh, I mean, I don't have anything against Jews. I'm for them or I'd be in trouble. And I think after you 
hear the message this morning, you'll be for them as well. And so does that article back there about them. There are two important principles to keep in mind as you study Old Testament prophecy. The prophets saw Christ coming in humiliation and in glory, but did not see the period of time between these events, the church age. See, when they looked down, they seen the beginning and the end, but they didn't see what was going on down in here, see? That's the church age. They didn't see any of that. They didn't have a clue what was going on, but they knew the promise, see? So turn to 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1, I know Brother Ray was telling me about somebody come, was had a conversation about that some of the churches around here aren't not preaching and teaching this and that for some reason they are shying away from the prophecy about what's happening to Israel and that, you know, people aren't supporting them like they should. Uh, shame on them and they will pay the price eventually. But First Peter chapter 1, verse 10, it says, of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you, talking to us that are saved, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ which was in them did signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. Unto whom it was revealed that unto not unto themselves, but unto us they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost set down from heaven, which things the angels desire to look into. The angels don't know about these things, but they're looking into it. That's why they're filling the house of God this morning. They're here. They want to know. They're looking into these, these things that are transpiring and, and, and are happening. Each prophecy grew out of a definite historical situation, but look beyond the present day to the future. So they were promised, they seen the future, but the middle part they were left out of. They did not see Christ dying on the cross. They did not see the church being established. Many people think that the church was established when Moses took them out of the out of Egypt, but that's not so. It's not the true church of God or the church church of the Lord Jesus Christ that he started. We shall see these principles in the chapter before us now. The prophet is dealing with a definite crisis in Judah's history. The impending attack by Israel, the northern kingdom, and Syria, and he tells the nation exactly what will happen. Within these prophecies, prophecies Isaiah also announces the coming of the Messiah. We want to note the prophecy that he gives. See, they told him. And then when he come on the scene, they didn't accept him. They rejected him. All that will be cast into the lake of fire. All that will not be found in the Lamb's book of life are those who reject Jesus Christ as the Messiah. And I'll put it this way. 
Jesus the Christ as the Messiah. He is the Christ. That's the problem that they're going to face when they stand before the great white throne judgment. It's their unbelief. First of all, verse, I read verse 1. Let's read verse 2 there. We see the situation. And it was told the house of David saying, Syria is a confederate with Ephraim. Now, I just got a big smile from a confederate officer. How about that? And his heart was moved and the heart of his people as the trees of the wood are moved with the wind. Assyria was growing stronger and threatening the other nations. So Israel and Syria joined forces to protect themselves. And a lot happened here. And a lot of bad things happened here along with it. They wanted Judah. Now understand this. They wanted Judah to line up with them, but she would not. Because she knew better. (laughs) There were situations with Judah. Ahaz, king at the time, was secretly bargaining with Assyria to protect him. Now I'm not going to read this, but write this down. 2 Kings chapter 16, verse 1 through 9. And you will see that Ahaz was secretly going against his own people to have them, the Syrians, protect him. Now, it didn't work, as you're going to find out, okay? And there's a reason for that. The nation was frightened because Syria and Israel were about to attack and there seemed to be no way of escape. But as I taught this morning, they forgot about somebody. They forgot about God. See, they were worried that they weren't going to be protected. They forgot everything God told them. Everything. And that's what's happening today. I believe God is protecting Israel in spite of themselves, okay? Because there's going to come a time when 144,000 Jews are going to believe and accept the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, and they're going to preach the gospel to the rest of the people that are here during the seven years tribulation. God's not done with His people. And many preachers today in other congregations are preaching that very thing. Oh, God's done with Israel. You don't want to take on that attitude. You don't want to do that. And I think once you read that back there that I posted, you're going to get a you're going to get some history, a history lesson. And you're going to understand some things that are going on here. Okay? And I'll just put this in here because we see this happening today. American people are Basically, well, I won't say basically, they are on the side of terrorists. Plain and simple. Hamas is terrorism. And 
Hamas has infiltrated Gaza a long time ago. And because they did that, the people that are in the Gaza Strip, the Palestinians, are being persecuted and have been for a long time because of terrorism. Hamas has got control of the Gaza Strip. So it's not all cut and dry. Now we've got to understand where the Palestinians come from. And I, I'm just going to throw this in here for free. The Palestinians come from Ishmael. Their cry has always been, Jerusalem is our home also because Abraham was our father. That's true, but God cast them out, cast a bondwoman and her son out and promised them their own nation. Israel is not, nor is Jerusalem theirs. Never has been. The promise was to Abraham for his seed and his seed was through Isaac, not Ishmael. Ishmael was born out of sin. Let's always remember that, okay? But God was gracious because it was from Abraham. So understand that. People aren't, they don't care. That's, they don't even want to look into the history behind it. Then we see the promise there in verse 3. Then saith the Lord, very important part here. Then saith the Lord unto Isaiah, Go forth thou to meet Ahaz, thou and Shurjazab thy son, at the end of the conduit of the upper pool in the highway of the fuller's field. And say unto him, Take heed, okay, God's warning him here, He's warning Ahaz, he said, take heed and be quiet. Fear not, neither be faint-hearted for the two tails of these smoking firebrands for the fierce anger of Rizan and Syria and of the son of Remelia. Because Syria, Ephraim, and the son of Remelia have taken evil Counsel against thee, saying, Let us go up against Judah and vex it, and let us make a breach therein for us, and set a king in the midst of it, even the son of Tabel. Thus saith the Lord God, It shall not stand, neither shall it come to pass. So God's already told him, He has, you're barking up the wrong tree. Okay? For the head of Syria is Damascus, and the head of Damascus is risen, and wherein threescore and five years shall Ephraim be broken, that it be not a people. And the head of Ephraim is Samaria, and the head of Samaria is Remaliah's son, if ye will not believe, surely ye shall not be established. Samaria was what? They were enemies of Israel. We know that. We know that because Christ said, I must needs go into Samaria. Why did he need to go into Samaria? Because there was people there that needed to be saved. That's why he went into Samaria. 
But other than that, the Sumerians were hated people by the Jews. And this shows why. So God sent Isaiah and his son, Sherjazab, the remnant shall return, that's what it means, to meet King Ahaz while the ruler was inspecting the Jerusalem water supply. Isaiah gave the king a message of hope and confidence. Don't be afraid of Syria and Israel, for within 65 years they will be broken. The prophecy came true. Assyria defeated, or yeah, Assyria defeated Syria, which is Damascus, in 732, and Israel, Ephraim, Samaria in 721 within the allotted time given. So he's warning Ahab. Again, you're barking at the wrong tree, Ahaz. You shouldn't be asking Assyria for protection because it's going to wipe them out. Now, verses 10 through the rest of the chapter, we see the sign. The sign that's given. Said, moreover, the Lord spake again unto Ahaz, saying, Ask thee a sign of the Lord thy God, ask it either in the depth or in the height above. But Ahaz says, I will not ask, neither will I tempt the Lord. And he said, Hear ye now, O house of David, it is a small thing for you to weary men, but will ye weary my God also? Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Butter and honey shall he eat that he may know to refuse the evil and choose the good. For before the child shall know the refuse of and to refuse, excuse me, the evil and choose the good, the land that thou Abhorrest shall be forsaken of both her kings. So, here's the sign. Ahaz acted very pious by refusing to receive the sign from God. I don't want it. I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to know nothing about it. So the Lord turned from Ahaz and gave the sign to the entire house of David. Verse 13. The sign was fulfilled ultimately in the birth of Jesus Christ. Look at Matthew chapter 1 and verse 23, which you all know the story, but let's go there. Matthew 1, 23. Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted, is God with us. He was born of the Virgin Mary, conceived by the Holy Spirit. Look over in Luke chapter 1. Again, you know the story. Luke chapter 1. And this doesn't have anything to do with Christmas, so everybody knows. There's nothing in here about Christmas. Our Savior was born, was foretold back there in Isaiah. 
and other places. Luke chapter 1 and verse 31. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father, David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom. There shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, how shall this be seen? I know not a man. And the angel answered and said unto her, the Holy Ghost shall come unto, upon thee and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Now, to make the word in verse 14 here, which some have done, not all, but some have done in tra other translations, to make the word virgin in verse 14 into the word young woman is to twist the scriptures. Verse 14 again, it says, Behold, a virgin shall conceive. It's not a young woman, as some translators have put it. It is a virgin, meaning not, and Mary admits to it. I didn't know, I've never known a man. How therefore am I going to conceive? So she's not just a young woman. There's more to it than that. His name was Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Look at Isaiah chapter 8 and verse 8. Isaiah 8, verse 8, And he shall pass through Judah, he shall overflow and go over, he shall reach even to the neck, and the stretching of his wings shall fill the breadth of the land, O Emmanuel. And then in verse 10, Take counsel together, and it shall come to naught. Speak the word and it shall not stand, for God is with us. So his name again was Emmanuel, which means God with us. Jesus Christ is God come in human flesh. So those who believe that he's not, that he didn't come in human flesh, they don't know the Bible, they don't know their scripture, and they're Spitting in the wind as far as I'm concerned because all you have to do is turn over to 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4 in the first six verses. First John chapter 4 in the first six verses. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. See what it says? If you believe that, again, it's in 1 John chapter 4. If you believe that, then you're, you're, you believe in God. Now look what verse 3 says and. Every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come and even now already is in the world. 
Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Talking about Satan. They are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. Too many Christians are hearing the wrong story. We are of God, John says. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. We know. How do we know? Through the spirit of God is how we know. So deny this is to deny the word of God. He is not merely a good man or a great man. He is the very son of God. It is possible, but not necessary, that there are some kind of an immediate fulfillment of the prophecy as a sign to the king and the nation. This does not mean a miraculous virgin birth since only Jesus Christ could be born in that manner. It's the only one. Okay? But it does suggest that a Jewish virgin was wed and within the next year gave birth to a child. We're talking about what happened back here in Isaiah. Okay? It's very possible. Before this child could reach the legal Jewish age accountability, which is 12 years old, the enemy nations of Israel and Syria would be defeated before this particular child was born. So if the sign was given in 735 BC, as it probably was, then by 721 BC, the promise would be fulfilled. We, as we have seen, Syria fell in 732 and Samaria in 721. By the hand of man? No, by the hand of God. It is possible that the sign child was born to Isaiah's wife. The record is given in Isaiah chapter 8 there, and I'll have you go there and read that at another time. But Isaiah chapter 8, read the first eight verses once again, and I think you'll come to the same conclusion. So, this would mean that the prophet's first wife, the mother of Sherjazab, there in Chapter 7, verse 3 that we read, had died, and that the prophet married the second wife shortly after uttering this prophecy. In spite of King Ahaz's unbelief and scheming, he robbed the temple to bribe the Assyrian. Now we're talking about the king of Israel here, right? This is what he did. He's not trusting God. He's trusting the Assyrians to protect him. 
God graciously delivered Judah from her enemies. But Judah has left enslaved to Assyria and only a divine intervention in Hezekiah's day delivered the nation. And again, you can read this. Isaiah 37 and 30, 36 and 37, chapter 36 and 37 in Isaiah, if you want to find out what happened. But going back to King, King Ahaz, look at 2 Chronicles. 2 Chronicles chapter 28 and verse 21. Second Chronicles 28 and verse 21. Now listen to this carefully because this is what happened. For Ahaz took away a portion out of the house of the Lord and out of the house of the king and of the princesses and gave it unto the king of Syria, but he helped him not. <laughs> so even though... Ahaz was trying to bribe the king of Assyria. The king said, okay, I'll take him, but I'm not helping you. But he didn't tell Ahaz that. He just says, you know, yeah, I'll take all you want to give me. But in the end, he didn't help me. Now look at verse uh, 24 and 25. And Ahaz gathered together the vessels of the house of God and cut in pieces the vessel of the house of God and shut up the doors of the house of the Lord. And he made him altars in every corner of Jerusalem and in every severe city of Judah, he made high places to burn incense unto other gods and provoked to anger the Lord God of his fathers. So it took Hezekiah to change this around. Get things straight with God. If you know anything about what God told Solomon, you would know that Ahaz did the wrong thing. Ahaz went as far as to burn incense to other God, which God abhorred. Not only that, but he made blood sacrifices to a, a non-existent God. And the blood sacrifices were the children of Israel. So when we look at the depravity of man, we can see here how far it will go. When we see this, this situation with Israel right now, we can see how far depravity can go. They took the children, they shot them in the head, they cut off their heads, they did horrible things unto the children of Israel, and we have people over here that are so stupid and idiotic that they would even come close to backing Hamas. That is so disgusting. And I wished 
that America would finally, once and for all, stand up and get rid of these people. But they won't do it. So all we can do is wait on God to do it. And they'll be more sorrier then than they would if we did it. May God bless his word to your heart today.